I'm Deacon Frederick Bartels. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Jonah. Jonah is a prophet of God sent on a mission to preach repentance to the people of Nineveh. Jonah, however, is not happy about this. God tells Jonah that he's seen the people's wickedness and evil. He wants Jonah to go there and urge them to repent. Jonah, however, instead of going toward Nineveh, boards a ship and sails away in the opposite direction. God, however, does not let him off so easily. He whips up a storm at sea that terrifies the sailors. They begin throwing things overboard to lighten the load and save the ship. Eventually, they discover that Jonah is the problem. They fear that Jonah's God is causing the storm, and Jonah even admits as much. Jonah tells them to throw him overboard, that the storm may be calmed and they will be saved. And indeed, that's what they do. They toss him over the side. A great fish comes along and scoops up Jonah in its mouth and then spits him out on the shore of Nineveh. Jonah then travels into the city and he preaches just one message. He tells them, in 40 days, the city will be overthrown. Apparently, this terrified the Ninevites because they immediately repented. The king even promised to do no more evil. As a result, God was merciful on the Ninevites. Jonah, again, is not happy about this. We might ask why. Why did Jonah not want to go on the mission in the first place? And why is he unhappy that God did not enact his justice or vengeance on the Ninevites? The answer lies in the fact that the Ninevites were the enemies of Israel. You see, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. The Assyrians were a warlike people. They had a strong professional army. And if they showed up on your doorstep to fight, the wise thing to do was to surrender. If you chose to fight them and you lost the battle, there were severe, horrifying physical consequences enacted on the losers in the form of torture. The Assyrians would torture their enemy combatants. They would skin them alive, hang their skins on walls, decapitate them, place their heads on poles, their bodies on stakes for all to see. The Assyrians were greatly feared. They were therefore the enemies of Israel and, of course, the enemy of Jonah. Jonah wanted to see them destroyed. He didn't want to see them receive God's mercy. He preferred God's justice over his mercy. Well, we can't really say we blame Jonah too much for those kinds of feelings. But what does this mean for us? Well, there's a few things we can learn from this story and apply it to our lives. In the first place, we can't run and hide from God. God might not come after us with the same level of intensity as he did with Jonah, or perhaps he will. But we can't run and hide from God. Eventually, we must answer to God. Therefore, we need to do God's will. If God is calling us to do something, we need to do it. Which means we need to discern whether or not God is calling us to do something. And that can sometimes be difficult to do. It can require a lot of prayer and discernment. In speaking about God's will, we can speak about two distinctions. The first is God's permissive will, and the second is His general will. 
God's permissive will is things like, should I work for company A or company B? Should I get married at age 20 or should I wait a few years? Should I go out to dinner tonight or should I stay home and read scripture? You see, God's permissive will provides us with a range of choices and any one of them can be good. That's why it can be sometimes difficult to discern God's permissive will in our life. And we also need to be aware that we could be just listening to ourselves and our own thoughts. How do you tell whether God is actually speaking to you or moving you in your heart to do something or it's just you speaking to yourself? But what about God's general will? This is different. God's general will is His will for all people at all times, in all places. For example, it's God's general will that everyone become Catholic, that everyone enter the Church of Jesus Christ, that everyone become a member of Christ's body. It's God's will that everyone be baptized and therefore be saved through adoption as sons and daughters of God in the Son. It's God's will that all Catholics attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every Sunday. It's God's will that we live the gospel life, a life of holiness and a life of virtue. These are examples of God's general will. It's also God's general will that we love God above all things and we love our neighbor as ourself. Recall Christ's great twofold commandment. We're to love God with all our strength, with all our mind and heart and soul and body, all our strength. And we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. When we think about loving our neighbor, we think about mercy. Here I recall the message that Jesus Christ gave to St. Faustina. Jesus told St. Faustina that she was never to shrink from acts of mercy toward her neighbor. And he gave her three ways of showing mercy. The first was by deed, the second was by word, and the third was through prayer. We can show our neighbor mercy indeed by helping our neighbor, for example, maybe helping them move or do something they need help with. We can help them by loaning them a car if they need a car or giving them a ride if they need a ride and so forth. There are many examples of helping our neighbor indeed. What about word? Well, we can offer words of encouragement. We can um, elevate our neighbor and shore them up through our words, we can help them gain the confidence they need to do something, for example. We can help ease feelings of failure through kind words and so forth. Prayer is a way of showing mercy toward our neighbor because we can pray for their soul. We can pray that God will give them the actual grace they need to repent, for example. We can pray that they will find the strength and the courage to persist in living the Christian life and attending the sacrifice of the Mass and so forth. There are many examples. So we must love God above all else and we must love our neighbor as ourselves in God. And this, of course, is the definition of the virtue of charity. We can't run from God's will. We can't hide away from God. God might not come after us with the same level of intensity as he did with Jonah, or he might. But it's important in living the Christian life to know that we always need to be on the lookout for the will of God. What is God's will in my life? What is his general will? 
I must comply with that. I must cooperate with his grace. Really, everything depends upon it.